there's probably already a book written uh, having to do with famous last words of people in scripture. Um, you know, among the last things that people would say that you often express some, some genuine, deep, poignant ideas, concepts, encouragements, admonitions, and that kind of thing to those that are moving on and passing on something to those before they do. You know, you think of, um, you know, Paul's great, uh, you know, I have run the race, I have kept the faith, I've kept my course, you know, the idea of finishing well and finishing strong. It's a great encouragement, you know, for the rest of us who read that. Certainly it would have been to Timothy uh, as he heard the, as he read uh, what was among the last things Paul had to say or you know, you think about David talking to Solomon, you know, know the God of your father. You know, what a great uh, thought to share on, you know, to pass on to your son before your own passing. Things that, you know, would, would carry him and give him something to anchor to. Uh, and really among the most important things he could apply himself to is knowing the God of his father. Um, of course, you know, Jesus himself, our own Lord, you know, whether it's on the cross, it is finished, or whether it's the great commission that he gave his disciples to go and make disciples of the nations. And, um, you know, among the thing, among the famous last words that have always been among the most challenging to me personally were those of Joshua, Joshua 25. Um, you know, choose this day whom you will serve whether it's the gods of the nations or whether it's the Lord. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Um, that is, now of course as a Christian, as a born again believer, one uh, within whom the Holy Spirit dwells, you know, these words to me don't speak of the idea of, you know, am I gonna, you know, be a believer or not be a believer. But really having more to do personally, I've always been deeply challenged with the idea of of whom I'm serving truly, you know, deciding and having conviction to stand in a particular, upon a particular answer in that regard. You know, it's it's easy for us to say and for me to say, I'll keep it kind of personal because I, I, I'm really, um, you know, speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to anybody here. But the thought of choosing this day who we're going to serve, who I'm going to serve, um, there is a plethora of possibilities to go off the rails in that regard on any given day. I can, you know, find myself in a circumstance where compromise uh, might present itself, uh, and not the good kind where you just sort of find even ground with people, but compromise in terms of, you know, sort of uh, diminishing some part of my conviction on some area of my faith because maybe it's convenient or it's I just don't feel like putting up with what I know is going to be the pushback today or some kind of thing like that. These are the kinds of things that can present themselves. You know, maybe an opportunity to, to cheat on something or to fudge uh, in some area. Um, you know, those may seem like small things sometimes. And, you know, in the overall scope of things, they might really not be terribly consequential. But they do raise the question, who am I serving? And that's a question that frankly, um, is worth asking ourselves from time to time and deciding and settling on the answer to that and, and sort of drawing a line in the sand and saying, yes, this is the side I'm on. Of course, the admonition on Joshua's part was for the people of Israel who had uh, experienced, this is another thing that's really been uh, really at the forefront of so much of what I've been kind of studying and teaching on lately, uh, some of the benefits that Joshua's people in Israel had. Uh, Paul speaks to this. Joshua uh, 
was no doubt alluding to this somewhat too because they had come to know the Lord in all those 40 years in the wilderness and now here they were in the promised land and Joshua knows like Moses knew that the day was going to come and continue to come where God's people were going to continue to go after the false gods they were going to compromise they were going to give in they were going to fall to sin and idolatry and those kinds of things and so Joshua in again very pointed fashion calls upon them to draw a line in the sand to decide you know and and not just in some abstract way but he's leaving with them this this challenge I'm going to be gone soon I'm not going to be here much longer and you know a, a new era is about to actually start for Israel we would find as we read scripture after the time of Joshua as they move into the time of the judges and everything and of course the time of the judges was a catastrophe the last line in judges was that the people all did what was right in their own eyes and of course that's a terrible thing and so so Joshua is laying out this challenge to them and it's one that again I think speaks through the ages to us as well today if we're if we're believers if we're followers of Jesus Christ and that inherent in that is an answer if we're disciples of Jesus what that means is is that we are intentionally following a master that's what a disciple is the idea of a disciple is somebody who wants to look and sound and act and be recognized like the master that they follow and this was true not only of jesus but of anybody who is a disciple of anybody uh in in some respects today we uh we don't typically use the word disciple or that we typically would see something that's a lesser form of it but still is kind of instrumental we think of uh people who we sort of and i'll use this word in a very loose sense but kind of idolize people who were groupies of, people who were big fans of and, and, and were impressed by and enamored with, uh, with young people, you know, it's TikTok stars or, uh, or YouTubers and that kind of thing, or maybe musicians, you know, famous popular musicians at the time. Uh, I know that as a musician, there were musicians that I uh, tried very hard to emulate, you know, matter of fact, uh, maybe a better example for me personally is I was a tennis player growing up. And I played through high school and that. My knees won't really hold up anymore. But back in the day, I used to play a lot of tennis. And my favorite player of all time was Bjorn Borg, the Swedish player. And for a long time, I studied his life and his way of playing. I was not a believer at the time. And so he was somebody I actually did idolize. And uh, man, the two-handed backhand, the Donne racket, the Diodora shoes, the Fila outfits, if I could afford them, you know, that kind of thing. The headband, the growing out the hair, the whole nine yards. Yeah, just, I just was so enamored with his playing and his cool demeanor on the court. Just so much about him that I just tried to be like. And that's an example of what I'm talking about. There's, you know, we, uh, you know, we grow up having heroes and, and people that we want to be like. Well, there's something like that in the concept of discipleship. But a disciple is even more than that. A disciple is somebody who actually follows that master. Um, and, and in the case of the disciples, uh, Jesus' disciples, uh, we of course see a great example of this where they lived with him and they followed him and they hung on his every word and they uh, they learned what it was like to think like he thought like and to act like he acted and this kind of thing. And this became not a characteristic of those 12 or at least 11 of the 12 of until Judas, obviously, but but even uh, of the believers in the church by and large. In the book of Acts, we see there's a point at which believers become known, those who were part of what was known at the time as the way, started to be called Christians at Antioch. And what that meant was, is that these were, uh, these were those who were seen as little Christs. They were little uh, 
imitators of this of this radical carpenter rabbi person from Galilee and that. But this is what they became known as, and, and it wasn't even necessarily intended to be a, a compliment, but for the disciples, that would have, of course, uh, been a, a compliment. They would have seen it as a compliment. They would have embraced that term because that's exactly what they were trying to be. They were trying to be examples, uh, imitators of Jesus. Paul speaks of this same concept when he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Uh, within this concept is the idea of, of, of looking at somebody who can help us become more like Jesus. And Paul sets himself up and, and literally sets himself up as an example to follow, knowing that, you know, people are going to watch him. Well, the discipleship is so important, but built within that concept is the idea of choosing who you're going to be a disciple of. Uh, my pastor back in Illinois, Pastor Phil, used to talk about this, and he would never fail to sort of quote Bob Dylan, you know, and as, uh, as, uh, as, as one who said, you know, you're going to serve somebody. Well, that's exactly what Joshua was talking about. Choose this day whom you will serve. Will you serve the Lord or will you serve the gods of the nations? But the question was never one of if you'll follow somebody, serve somebody, be a disciple of somebody, but rather instead who it's going to be. And so the command, the admonition and encouragement to choose this day whom you will serve has genuine, real, practical implications. It's one thing to say we're a Christian, and we might genuinely believe, but with that belief comes a following after the Master, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, becoming more and more like him on a daily basis. This is what sanctification is all about, the idea of being set further and further apart from something, i.e. the world, and ultimately further and further uh, toward, closer and closer, to being like Jesus. And as I read a passage like this, as I think about the importance of that admonition, that encouragement, um, it really does challenge me on a very deep level. Because as a teacher, uh, it's easy for me to break down theological ideas and to disseminate them, and to talk about them at length and this kind of thing. But if I don't, in fact, look like my master, then that is a challenge to the idea that I'm a disciple. A disciple inherently has in it the concept of following, becoming more and more like. And the apostles, though they were apostles, though sent on a mission, they never ceased to be followers of Jesus. Uh, and so I take the admonition seriously, and I, 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 I would encourage us all to do that, you know, as, as, a, as a strong encouragement to live out our faith in such a way where people see who we're a disciple of. Uh, this is going to sound uh, a little bit blunt, but you've maybe heard the expression or the, uh, the statement, you know, if, if becoming a Christian, or if being a Christian was, uh, became a crime, would there be enough evidence to convict us? That's, uh, I don't mean that to sound legalistic or heavy-handed or anything like that, but there is something really kind of simple and, and beautiful about that concept, is that people... As we walk closer and closer with Jesus, and as we become more and more like him, it's, it's hard to imagine people not noticing that. And that's one of the beautiful elements of being a disciple of Jesus, is that people do notice that. And they recognize in us who we've been with, and they want to know this one that has had such an impact on us, and has changed us, and brought us more and more out of the darkness, and more and more into the light. 
not everybody will. Some people will be repulsed and turned off and they don't want anything to do with Jesus because they have this uh, this sort of limited idea of who he was and what he was about and that kind of thing. And usually it's seen as just being all judgy and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not diminishing right judgment and that kind of thing. But that tends to be the, the very limited scope of what people think of when they think of Jesus a lot of times. But for those who are being saved, uh, getting to know the person of Christ personally and seeing him at work in our lives is something that has an, an effect as it's lived out on people who are being saved. Um, and that's where we want to be. That's where we want to be. Um, I know I want to be, I want people to be able to see Jesus in me. Uh, and that's a genuine, legitimate desire. And, you know, as we all walk with the Lord and we're further and further sanctified, that becomes more and more true. But, uh, but I never want that to stop being my desire. I never want that to become a casual pursuit, but I want it to be a very passionate pursuit. Um, and I hope you do too. I hope you do too. Maybe I'll just leave it there. But Father, we just thank you for giving us encouragements like this in Scripture, clear admonitions of a right path to walk down, a right way to a right thing to seek after. And so I just pray that, Lord, you would put it in our hearts to be much more cognizant every day of the beauty of walking with Jesus, but also the the uh, the, the outworking that that can have and the impact that that can have on people around us who see us walking with Jesus. Uh, Father, we just pray that our desire to walk with Him would be deeply rooted in a love for Him, and that Father, that love for Jesus would motivate us day by day to take up our cross and follow after Him. And again, we do pray that people are drawn to him because of what they see him having done in our lives. We thank you that he is a beautiful, glorious figure. He is the beautiful and glorious figure that we read about in scripture that changes us. We're thankful that he's the one who set us free and saved us. And so, Father, let these generous, giving, loving, righteous, um, holy, and beautiful things that we so see and admire about our Lord would become more and more true with us. Thank you, Father. We love you and praise you, especially in these days uh, where darkness continues to grow. Father, help the light of the gospel working out through us uh, to be a beacon for those who are seeking uh, to answer your call to come and be saved from such a wicked generation. So thank you, Lord. We love you and praise you and ask all this in Jesus' name.